So is he real? Who? The boogeyman. I read you quoted. You don't believe in the boogeyman? I believe in Michael Myers, a deranged serial killer, but the boogeyman, no. Well, you should. Welcome, creeps, to another episode of Brain Stew. Oh, yeah, baby. Another episode in our special Halloween series, A Countdown to Halloween Kills. Yeah, so this episode is a surprise. We haven't announced what it is or anything like that, but... Before we get to anything about what the episode is, Jeremy. Yo. I think everyone knows who we are by now. Do we really need to say our names every episode? Do we need to introduce ourselves? Well, if we do, I'm Justin, and I already said his name. My name's, right. my name's Kid Rock. Okay. That's Jeremy. I don't, it's Jeremy. I don't, I, don't, I don't see any rebel flags behind you. <laughs> Thank like God, that. man. <laughs> Fuck. But, uh, yeah, so... Upon this recording date, we are going to be talking more Halloween and a brand new, the final trailer for Halloween Kills landed on social media and YouTube and all over the fucking world and made waves today. Today. Today, as of this recording. Ugh. And Ugh. I, I didn't watch it. Same, same. <laughs> However, that did not stop the collective internet for spoiling oh. the shit out of it, even if you didn't watch it. Very correct. I, I, I recall texting you, like, when I went to the gym at lunch, I was like, I'm doing everything that I possibly can to not watch the trailer, only because everyone's reaction was, Goosebumps! Oh my god, I jizzed my pants over this trailer, man! I'm like, I can, I can wait a few more weeks. Or right? it, it was people that were, they showed the whole movie in the trailer. They showed the whole movie in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, well, I fucking definitely don't want to watch that then. That's that's the case. But what you had, you had texted me later on was like, dude, be careful. Social media, people are posting spoiler Screenshots, I, yeah. Yeah, and five minutes after you texted me that, I saw two. Yeah, I, film Twitter, film film Twitter, inst, you know the horror community on Twitter as well. You fucking suck, man. I know you're all excited, okay, and post freely, you know. I, I squirt it freely, but I, I blame the movie studio though too. Like, why the fuck would you put some of those things in the trailer? There's one thing specifically that got spoiled for me. Uh, of course, I'm not going to spoil it on the show, but the image that I saw, I'm like, dude, you should have saved that. For when people see the movie, not in the trailer, why would you spoil that for fans? Like, that was a big one. So, like, I don't know, man. I just, I, I really, in Blumhouse, man, this is not the first time they've they've done this with their trailers. You know, their, their Black Christmas remake, which I never saw, had no interest in it. You didn't need to see it because the entire movie was shown in the trailer. That is, that is a subject. That title, Jeremy, is never to be spoken about on this show. Again, <laughs> those that those that have listened to our review are fully aware that if they could see my face while discussing it, it was very red, inflamed, and my balls were about to burst. 
No, 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 no. But yeah, you are correct in saying so, but I'm, I'm going to do my best, man. It is very difficult navigating through social media uh, without trying to, you know, hey, I just saw another image from the trailer, but I'm excited and oh, I'm, we know I'm everyone else is excited. Yeah, hell yeah, so, dude. I mean, it, it is what it is. I'm sure the trailer is great and I'm sure 90% of what's in that trailer that's getting people so excited will be in the movie because we know sometimes trailers show shit. That doesn't ever end up making the cut in the movie. And they're like, oh, look at that. That scene's so cool. Look at that. And then it never happened. That happened with Halloween 2018. There was some stuff uh, that was in the trailer yeah, for that, that film that uh, that wasn't in the actual film because um, they went back and reshot that ending. Yeah, that's that's very correct. But moving on here, I got to say, I can't start off here, Jeremy, without pounding back some sugar. So the hollow the Halloween guy that I am. Uh, in terms of the movies and the season, my favorite thing in the entire world, I indulge in, regardless of my healthy habits, my normal healthy habits, I indulge in, you know, novelty Halloween junk food. And Mountain Dew Voodoo is no exception. It is the limited edition 2021 version. For those unfamiliar, they put it out every year. It's supposed to be a mystery flavor. The colors of the labels hint at what it is. But, spoiler alert, the last two years... They both tasted like Skittles. <laughs> so last year was Skittles and tasted like Skittles. I don't know if Mountain Dew just said, fuck it. Everyone thought the first one tasted like it. Let's just make it that the second time. Because the first time was supposed to be candy corn. So I'm going to drink this on the air live now, ladies and gentlemen, and tell you what I think this shit is. It's a mystery. Okay. So how's it, how's it smell, Justin? It smells sweet. Like pure heaven. Also, like, I'm going to have a stomach ache and probably take a massive disgusting <laughs> shit in the middle of the night because I don't usually drink stuff like this. But Halloween, again, it's it, it's that time of year where I just kind of indulge, you know, right. and I might I might actually mix this with some booze in a little bit. Do it so now. We'll, we'll see. But here we go. Here we go. Here it is. Ah, I should insert that Three Stooges guzzling sound effect. They're like, go, go, go. Um. I can tell you right off the bat what I think it is. The smell gives it away. They nailed it. Um, dude, it's sweet tarts. Yeah? 100%. It's, it's fucking sweet tarts. I'm, I'm not a big uh, big Mountain Dew guy, but I feel like, I don't know, I'd be down for a sweet tart flavored beverage. I don't know if I can drink the entire thing. Gotcha. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to, you know be adventurous because we're talking Halloween shit tonight, dude. I've, and I'll probably, I'll mix it with some liquor there you go. and see how that tastes. I've got it. I've got a freaking life hack for our listeners and for you regarding some Halloween treats, dude, take a, and like my mom showed me this last week and it blew my fucking mind. Take a handful of candy corn and a handful of peanuts and mix them together. Toss them in your mouth. No way. It's a fucking payday bar. It's a payday bar. That's exactly what the ingredients are, is candy corn and peanuts is a payday bar. If our listeners could possibly see how wide my eyes are yeah. right now, this is happening tomorrow. I'm going to do I, I grew up. I grew up eating those, and I'm also one of those. I fucking love candy corn. Same. Y'all haters out there, come on. Same. But yeah, seriously, <laughs> we were at uh, my kid's soccer game. My mom had a bag. <laughs> it had candy corn and peanuts, and I was like, what is that? She was like, oh, take a handful. And I did, and she was like, what is that? And I was like, holy shit, it's a payday bar. She was like, exactly. I was like, wow, this is incredible. Take a chance. Take a chance, people. We, actually, 
We challenge you. All of you listening, go do it. Yeah, man. Even if you don't like candy corn, go try it and yeah, see what happens. Yeah. But um, before I forget, I need to make sure that I remind our listeners, if you haven't listened to the last two episodes, on the subject of Halloween Kills, we are still in the midst of our Halloween Kills poster giveaway. We've gotten a lot of great reviews from y'all. You've been fucking amazing in regards to shooting us some new reviews. We are giving away full-size theatrical Halloween Kills posters. For every five new iTunes reviews we receive, another winner will be drawn. And Jeremy, yo, yo. we had a winner. We had a winner already. Yeah, Their poster is on the way. Sweet. Yeah, That's Derek awesome. Tro- Troxel. So congratulations yeah. to Derek. Dude, I, and for- I, I have to tell you, man, I went to... Uh... CT Horror Fest this past weekend, Connecticut Horror Fest. Oh, that's Fest. right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And somebody was selling an original double-sided Halloween Kills poster for $250. That's how much these things are going for right now, man. I can't believe they would sell it for that much. Dude, that, wow. that's what people are paying for it because the studio hasn't mass-produced them and provided them for sale to the general public yet. They've typically just been... You know, to movie theaters and such. So Universal gifted us these, which is why we're doing this amazing poster giveaway. So right now, these are a hot commodity, especially if you would, you know, if you're an autograph collector and you're going to a convention that James Dude Courtney is at or Nick Castle is at. You know, it's it's a beautiful poster to get signed. I have one, and I got it signed by James Jude Courtney a few days ago. Oh, you did? Yeah, dude. Awesome, dude. I, I gotta I gotta send you a picture of it, and you know, in the. Uh, it's even though it's his jumpsuit, um, it's it's in a dark area on him on the poster. Uh, James spanked that signature man with a uh, beautiful silver broad deco paint pen, and oh man, it looks uh, it looks amazing. Funny enough, I told him the story about you know how at his first convention appearance, you know he took the picture of me with my freaking. You know, my little mobile cart that had all my poster tubes in it. <laughs> your stroller, your fucking stroller with all the <laughs> my poster stroller tubes. with all the poster tubes. And I told him, I was like, I was like, man, you shared this picture on your social media and it got like a bajillion likes and comments. And I said, and realistically, you were just showcasing how nerdy I am to the entire planet. He laughed. Me and him both laughed so hard about it that he was like, dude, seriously, like the picture that we're about to take right now together. He was like, tag me in a post with screenshot of the original post that I made and the, the picture from today. So I did. So we, uh, we both got a, a good little kick out of that. I remember like when that poster, well, when that picture was posted of you standing in line or whatever, I didn't see it from you. I saw it from him and I remember showing it to Danielle and laughing the fuck out loud. I'm like, dude, you gotta be fucking kidding nerd. me. Look at him. Out of all the Look times, at him. Out of all the times he could have taken a picture of the crowd, it was when I was right in front of him looking so stressed. Yeah. And you looked like a guy with a gigantic stroller with a million posters. <laughs> no, not a baby in it, but just my nope. my, my paper well, babies. Your your side babies. Yeah. Your side babies. But so yeah, you went to this con I did. and how was it? Dude, it so speaking of of a two-day convention, so when I went to H40, it was a two-day convention. I had never heard of a two-day convention before. Well, CT Horror Fest blew my mind because they did a one-day-only convention, which I was like, man, that's that's really insane. That's like quite a spectacle, too, man. You got to get 
all of these things to go right in one day without a hitch because you get one shot. There's no like, oh, well, we corrected these things on day two. This is, you get one shot. So, you know, my buddy Jeremiah came, you know, I, I picked him up. He went with me and, and he was like, you know, why, why are we leaving so early? And I was like, dude, like we got to get there early, man, because this is a one day only convention. He was like, nah, man, I think, I think it'll be all right. And I was like, "Mm, no, dude, I'm, I'm calling it. It's going to be insane. So literally we pulled up (laughs) and it was two hours before the doors even opened and the line was already like wrapping around the building almost. And I was like, see, he was like, shit, you were right. So we get there and I'm like, it's, it's hot still. Right. So it's like, we're standing out in the sun and all of a sudden, you know, we had had fucking McDonald's breakfast. So we're standing there in the sun. I'm sweating. And then all of a sudden (laughs) my stomach was like, and I was like, Oh no, dude, I got to take that mix shit. So I like ran up the stairs and there was like a, like a freaking bodyguard bouncer type dude at the door. And I was like, Hey man, I know the doors don't open for like an hour and 45 minutes, but literally I'm about to shit my pants. Can I, can I please, (laughs) can I please come in and use the bathroom? And he was like, yeah, man. He was like, go up to the third floor. Cause he didn't want me to use the bathroom on the main floor because I would have been walking through the convention area. So he was like, just go up the stairs to the third floor and there's a bathroom. So I'm like, all right. So this building was like, it was called a convention center, but like, it was just this old fucking weird building, man. It was, looked more like an office building. I mean, like the, the, the ground level for sure. It's like, okay, like I could see convention status, but like, dude, so I go up a flight of stairs or a couple flights of stairs, dude, I lost track of, I had to shit so bad. I lost track of which floor I was on. How many floors have yeah. you gone up already? So I, I see a door and I'm like, oh, the bathroom's probably through here. I open the door and literally all of the celebrities were in there drinking coffee, eating breakfast. And when I opened the door, everyone stopped and looked right at me like, dude, I looked at Skeet Ulrich from Scream like dead ass in the eyes. And I looked around the room and I went, all right, yep, this this is the wrong room. Have a good morning. And I just <laughs> shut the door. And I was like, what the fuck? So then... I go up another flight of stairs. Well, like an idiot, I'm not paying attention how many flights I've gone up again. I go up another one. So accidentally, I'm on the fourth floor. Dude, this building must be so fucking old that they don't use the fourth floor. It looked like like a 90s horror film office building thing. Like, dude, there was pieces of the ceiling missing. Most of the lights weren't working. One of the lights was flickering. There was like literally like debris and like rubble all over the floor. And I was like, all right, I don't care if the bathroom is through here. Like, I'm not going through here. I've seen enough horror films to know how this is going to end. Like, this is going to be one of those movies, you know, where I, I keep, I, I can never find my way out and creepy shit just keeps happening, you know? So, anyway, so I finally go downstairs and I'm in the bathroom and I'm, you know, dropping some deuces wild, man, some straight Steven Dorf. And, <laughs> and so I get done doing, doing my business, right? And literally, like, as I'm walking out of the bathroom, I see James Jude Courtney going into the bathroom. <laughs> the shape's going to take a shit. Dude, I was like, yo, it's the shape versus the stank because he he is in for it. So I was like, man, if we don't see him at his table later, I think I know why. But yeah, it was it was good, man. It was uh, I didn't I was awake for 24 hours straight going to that show. I left at one o'clock in the morning and I got home at like 1230 that night and I didn't go to bed till like 130. So it was a long day, man. Sounds like a blast, but it was. just going to say, I'm glad I didn't go with you on that <laughs> one. 
<laughs> I can't. I'm too old for that dude, shit. I, I, really, I, I really can't. Yeah, I can't. I don't think my body can withstand that kind of dude, shit. Dude, I'm anymore, still but, feeling it today, man. And it was a few days ago. Well, hey, man, you got you got to endure the pain for your pleasure. But ladies and gentlemen, we are about to embark on another Halloween countdown episode here. And before we get to it, we're going to hear some words from our sponsor, Evil Tea. And of course, in the beginning of this countdown, we're going to preface this countdown. It's very special. We had to do this uh, kind of work it a weird way in order for it to work for us. Yep. So we'll, we'll explain that when we get there. But so super excited about this. More Halloween goodness for your fucking eardrums. So another promo break. And when we come back, top 10 characters of the Halloween series. We'll be right back. The Brain Stew Podcast is fueled by our sponsor, Evil Tea, by the Evil Tea Company. Steeped in darkness, Evil Tea brings a sharp and spooky variety of tea flavors, featuring robust and creative blends for all those tea monsters out there. Use promo code BRAINSTEW for 15% off your first order. Check out their website at EvilTeaCompany.com to find the right blend for you. And welcome back to Brain Stew. We are doing the top 10 favorite characters of the Halloween franchise. So we had to do this a little different, right, Justin? Like, you know, we, we couldn't just do, like, top 10 favorite characters, right? Because, of course, it would be, well, Dr. Loomis, it would be Laurie Strode, it would be Jamie Lloyd, blah, blah, blah. So we were like, you know, that's kind of unfair. So the rule that me and Justin set for ourselves uh, is... It couldn't be the main, main characters. It had to essentially be supporting characters, uh, which was tough, man. It was tough. And some of my choices, much like when we did the, you know, our top 10 favorite kills of the franchise, some of my choices even surprised me once I started analyzing the entire franchise. I'm like, okay, well, if, I, if I'm not choosing the main, main character, who am I choosing? Um, and like I said, man, it, some, some of these surprised me that I was like, they really made me think uh, and analyze each film and the characters in each film, and man, this franchise is just riddled with with some great supporting characters throughout. Um, so I'm gonna kick it off right now, man. Number ten, I'm going with Julian from Halloween 2018. Holy shit, was this kid a absolute scene stealer, man? Every every moment this kid was on stage was absolute hilarity. He had a charisma that was all his own. I mean, <laughs> Alakazam, I know you're talking about smoking some weed. <laughs> like, dude. The, the audiences, man, the audiences, when the movie came out in theaters, people were just roaring at that kid. He was just had so much charisma. Yeah, man, his lines were great. You could tell that, man, either, you know, this kid has fantastic comedy chops and did a lot of great ad-libbing or... Danny McBride and company were just feeding him. I mean, it, it felt like some Danny McBride vibes, right? And he's like, you know, he's like, if you was a good babysitter, you'd be upstairs reading me a story and I wouldn't be here just cutting my nasty ass toenails. Like, dude, so much, so much good stuff. I loved that kid. Don't go up there, Dave. If you go up there, you're going to die. Or, you know, even send Dave up. You know, like, dude, just he, he was 
just fantastic and, and literally stole every scene that he was in. I, I met him at a Monster Mania. You know, it was like him and his dad there. And, I mean, dude, even the kid just, I mean, to, to be honest, it felt weird getting a kid's autograph, right? Like, that was something that, you know, outside of, you know, the It cast members, which were kind of teenagers by the time that I got their autographs, like, it, it felt weird getting a child's signature, but... A very young child at that, too. Yeah, right? man. It was, it was weird. Like, I have this cast-signed poster, and he was there, and he was one of my favorite characters. So I was like, dude, I got to get him, but this is this is weird. And I'm just happy that, you know, he signed my poster well because, um, you know, his name is Jabrail um, in real life, and, you know, he signed my poster, Jabrail, right? Great. My buddy's poster, he signed it, Julian. He didn't even sign his real name. He signed it the character's name. So my really? buddy walked away and was like, uh, I don't think he even noticed it until we were like in the car going home. He was like, oh shit. He only wrote his character name on it. So I was like, oh, at least mine didn't get fucked up like that. But yeah, that's my number 10, man. I just, I loved this kid. Um, I hope he's in the next one. I haven't really gone down the rabbit hole of checking out the IMDb and I've avoided most of the trailers for this. So I don't know if he's going to be good. in this. You're a good fan, Jeremy. Yeah, That's a good thing. You know, trying, we don't need man. to see everything or know everything no. before you see the fucking movie. Sometimes the yeah. internet is evil. It's evil. It, it, it's been evil all day. Actually, it's always been evil. Who am I trying to? Whatever. <laughs> so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump Hit in me. here with my Hit number me. 10. It's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Sheriff Lee Brackett, portrayed by Charles Cyphers. This list was difficult. I'm going to come Dude, into this immediately and say so hard because when you go down the list, like if you physically look at a list of every single character in this entire series, you're like, wow, there's a lot to pick from. Now, I feel like I would have had an easier choice in doing top 10 worst characters. <laughs> we, we wanted to celebrate the franchise for our countdown to Halloween kills. But what can be said about sheriff lee bracket that hasn't been said i mean halloween would not be what it is without him he's there to accompany dr loomis to hear all of those crazy wild-eyed stories yep. you know he in part two has to endure the death of his daughter so this whole thing it, it, without him to kind of push the story along halloween wouldn't really be what it is and he's there for Lori to bump into for a jump scare, but also to give and deliver one of the most iconic lines in horror history. For sure. So, and he was, I, he, he was just such like an everyday dad. You know what I mean? He just had that, that vibe. You could tell he was a good And those guy. chops. Yeah. Those huge fucking chops, oh, man. Beautiful. And he had those seventies chops. Beautiful seventies you know, sideburns, man. Also, he, he, he blames everything on kids. Yeah. So that's a, definitely a seventies dad, right? Aren't you gonna be late? He shouts too. I said, "Aren't you gonna be late?" Yeah. No. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, so, I love Sheriff. Yeah, I love Sheriff. Yeah, he had he had to make it on here because if if I didn't include him, it would have been criminal. So that is my number ten. That's awesome, man. On to you, Jeremy, for your number nine. I'm going Tommy Doyle, Paul Rudd, H six, baby. Oh! I love it, dude. I love it. I love the way that he portrayed the character. 
you know, he had this, you know, this very seriousness. I mean, he was falling. He knew Michael was still out there. He delivered some great lines. I loved when uh, when he hit Michael, and then Michael kind of turned and looked at him, and he kind of had this, like, like this nervous smile. Do you remember that? I do. I love that, man. I love that. I just, I of course, I would have preferred Brian Andrews back reprising his role. At that point, he wasn't a working actor, and they actually looked for him, and they could not locate him. When they were looking to make the movie, they ended up casting a unknown actor at the time, Mr. Paul Rudd. I enjoy it for what it is, man. I, I think I think it was great, uh, and I think there's a reason he's gone on to become a huge Hollywood star. Well, I mean, he got clueless while he was doing this movie, but I can't tell you how because I think he's absolutely fucking terrible in Halloween 6. He would have been, like, in my top three worst characters because <laughs> I think... Well, it's hard to decipher that because we're talking about characters, not performances sure. specifically. Sure. But I, I, it's 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 cool to see him getting some love. But I absolutely cannot stand his performance in that movie. As an adult, as a kid, I, I loved I loved him. But uh, give me a doctor now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, dude, we'll get you a doctor. You don't you don't need to yell. We're right here. But that's cool, man. I, I love sure. it, man. I I just I love him in this movie, and I I, I think he's great. What's funny is I'm I'm in these you know, these horror figure collector groups on Facebook and stuff, right? Like, of course I am. And somebody took, like, an Ant-Man, um, like, the head. The head Ant-Man head, and yeah. made a, the Marvel Legends, yep, yeah. And made a Tommy Doyle H6, like, Look at figure. That. And I thought it was it was great, man. I thought it was great. I got to tell you, you know, one of the most heartwarming things uh, on social media that I've seen in the last couple of years of conventions was when he actually started doing conventions and you'd see like lines of people with Ant-Man shit and then, you know, scattered in between Halloween six shit and people like so excited, like people dressed up as the shape from Halloween six and a photo professional photo op of them. And he's dealing with it. He's all going smiling Dude, and shit. One of my good friends, uh, Curtis Zamfodi, he, yep. he, uh, I know Curtis. Yeah, he, uh, he wore his H six shirt to the photo op and to the show. And when Paul Rudd saw his shirt, he looked at him and pointed and goes, Michael's work is not done here in Haddonfield. And my buddy said that like he was so stoked. That's that's amazing to see him do that. I mean, we know that, you know, the rumor was there was a possibility of Blumhouse getting him for Halloween kills. They they, they tried. It was a possibility, but it did not happen. But that would have been interesting. That would have been cool. And also it also would have confused the fuck out of people that are unaware of the timeline yeah. <laughs> continuity and all that, but whatever still would have been cool. Yeah. Great pick. Thanks man. So I don't know how many people can love the Halloween series without loving this character. He got a mention on our top 10 kills list, but amazing grace. <laughs> Come sit on my face. Don't make me cry. I need your pie. It is Vincent Bud Scarlatti, portrayed by Leo Rossi. What can be... I mean, I, just watch the movie. You know, a couple a couple years ago, I made a post that I was like, you know, Rob Zombie's Halloween movies get a lot of shit for the dialogue, but, I mean, have you ever seen Halloween 2 and the character of Bud? <laughs> have you ever seen Halloween 2 and the character of Bud and, and actually, like, really paid attention to that dialogue? What the fuck? And then... It was Sean Clark or somebody like commented and they were like, man, nah, like I knew, I knew people that were like that. Like I had friends in high school that talked like that and, and did stuff like that. Um, and then it got me thinking and man, I, I had a friend named Vic in high school 
that was the same exact way. He was vulgar. Yeah. He said whatever he was thinking of at that exact moment. He didn't care who would upset or who would offend it. And um, it made me realize, you know what? You're right. People like that exist. I was friends with someone you know just what, like that. I'm kind of like Bud, <laughs> or at least I used to be. If you, if, if any of our listeners, if, if any of our listeners, yeah, for sure, um, <laughs> you know, have been listening to this show since the beginning, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. So Bud became an EMT. Bud is very sexual, uh, and he's very prone to crude language, very much so. He don't give a fuck. Nope. So I love the story behind the scenes how he really had to fight for this part. It was Rick Rosenthal who fought for him to be in the movie because of the fact that Deborah Hill did not want him in the movie. There's, you know, an obvious reason for that. Haddonfield, Illinois is in the middle of fucking the United States. Right. And Bud's obviously like a New York, <laughs> New Jersey guy. Right. So it makes total sense. Did you, did you know that he, uh, he directed that John Travolta Gotti movie? A little fun a fact minute. for you. Are you telling me that Bud himself directed that? Yeah, and like that movie was like critically like shat on. Like some people have said it's one of the worst movies ever made, even worse than Battlefield Earth. But Leo Leo Rossi, which honestly isn't even isn't even that bad to begin yeah. with. But you know what? Now because of that, Jeremy, I, is there a 4K Ultra HD of that? There probably is. I'm gonna buy that shit tomorrow. <laughs> I'm gonna make sure he signs that shit. Dude, yeah, you know, yeah, but. But no, so 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 moving on here, on to your next pick. So my number eight pick is Officer Hawkins from Halloween 2018. This is another Halloween 2018 pick for me. Wow, man. showing the love, Dude, showing the love. I I really, really, really loved Officer Hawkins, um, played by Will Patton. Will Patton has been around for a long time, man. Remember the Titans, uh, Punisher with Thomas Jane. And so on and so forth. He's an incredible actor, and he he really brought some 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 class to Halloween 2018. And the thing that I loved about him is that he he had a, a character that had some 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 backstory, some history to him that you can tell that he was still haunted by that Halloween from 1978 where they arrested Michael Myers in this timeline. Um, and I man, he was just fantastic. I mean. You know, after the uh, the gas station murders happened and he was there, like, he gets lost in a moment, like, with his, his brain wheel spinning that he, you could tell that they didn't even have to show it. He he went back in his mind to that night and thought, man, if I would have killed him, none of this would have happened. Like, these people that I just saw their dead bodies would still be alive. That's something that haunts him to this day is that he could have taken the shot. And that's why, spoiler alert, when... When him and Sartain are, are driving, he he makes sure he was like, this time I'm fucking killing him. And I just thought he was absolutely fantastic. And <sighs> I, I just I just wish he wasn't wasted. He was wasted, man. He was, yeah, he was he, wasted, he was wasted. And he he great potential. He could have been, you know, obviously Lori is the new Dr. Loomis. Let's be real. She's the one that's now obsessed with Michael Myers and wants to hunt him down and wants to kill him. But that could have been Hawkins, man, because he had the backstory with it. He's the guy that could have taken the shot and ended it all, and he didn't. And because of him sparing Michael Myers, these horrible things are happening. So, I, dude, I love Officer Hawkins. He was wasted, but he was fantastic. So that's my number eight, no, man. I'm actually very surprised at that pick. Uh, and, and ladies and gentlemen, you guys know 
that me and Jeremy never discussed these picks leading up to the actual episode. So we don't even know what the two of us. Have, well, it looks like sounds like Michael Myers is on the hunt out there and <laughs> might have slashed someone in your neighborhood. Holy shit, man. Hope everyone's OK over man. there. Um, but moving on to my number eight. Mom, I am not responsible for you. That's it. I've had enough. I can't take it anymore, Mom. He's dead. Michael Myers. Michael is Myers dead. is dead. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Listen, I, I had to debate this, but John Tate, a.k.a. John Strode, portrayed by Josh Hartnett from Halloween H2O 20 years later, had to make the cut for me. He absolutely did. Think of the performance that Josh Hartnett gives in this movie and the character himself, this kid's been dealing with this his entire life. He's been dealing with the trauma and his mom's depression, alcoholic, her, her alcoholic, her medical habits. He's been basically having to like take care of her. He just turned 17. All the kid wants to do is go to Yosemite and probably get his dick wet. <laughs> I mean, what's more relatable than that? Oh, y- you don't, you don't see him using drugs. You don't see him. I mean, he, he's getting some fucking. He steals some booze. All the drugs. Charlie all steals the, the booze. All the drugs was in the faculty when he was Zeke. He was clean Listen, in this one, which which he filmed simultaneously as he was filming this. You can tell because he had the bad. He hair. He had the same fucked up and, hair, bro. But I w- and, I will tell you that I thought Zeke was so cool, and I thought John Tate slash Strode was so cool when I was in high school. Dude, I cut my hair off fucked up. You fucking did. I cut my hair off fucked up like his. And like, I remember at one point, no bullshit, there was a dude named Jimmy. I specifically remember this. It was in one of my classes and he was like, (laughs) he said, the fuck happened to your hair? And (laughs) well, well, they could probably ask you the same question now, though. Yeah, well, I wear hats now. Um, (laughs) Just not right now. but People can't see me right now. But uh, so I was like, bro, uh, Josh Hartnett, man, the faculty... Uh, Halloween H2O, man. Like, it's his haircut. And he goes, yeah, it, do- it, do- it doesn't look good on you. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> he was so blunt. Spo- spoiler alert. Hey, not if anyone noticed or not. It didn't look good on him either. Yeah. But it's hilarious. I love those stories, you know, when you when you watch the, you know, the behind-the-scenes documentary about the making of the movie, which Hartnett did, which was pretty awesome of him to do, um, considering he's been in so many other big movies, Sin City, you know, you name it. But... He cut his own hair and then he walked around with a beanie on set to like smush his hair down anytime they did it just because he didn't want his character to be like cookie cutter. Yeah. You know, he hates his performance in this movie, but you know what? I really like him. He's a he's a good character. I think they could have done a lot more with him. But in terms of his his charisma and his chemistry with Jamie Lee Curtis, spot on for sure. Fantastic. Oh, fantastic. Absolutely. I, I love him in the movie and. A lot of people are going to be haters on this choice, but I don't give a fuck. I love that movie, and I think he's fantastic. So that that's my number eight. My number seven is another outside-the-box thing that when I was coming up with this list, I, I surprised myself. My number seven is Ishmael Cruz, Danny Trejo from Rob Zombie's Halloween. Let's face it, in the Rob Zombie Halloween movies, well, pretty much every Rob Zombie movie is... They're, they're littered with just unlikable characters. Like, the people that you're supposed to care about in Rob Zombie's movies, most of the time are unlikable characters, which is why, you know, his films are so divisive, because it's like, you know, people can't get behind these films with these characters that they don't like and that they're supposed to care for. However, there are a few characters in Rob Zombie's Halloween and Halloween 2 
that are very likable. Um, only a couple, because like I said, his his films take place in a, a much darker, bleak, grim reality compared to, you know... A very unfun reality. A very unfun reality. <laughs> you know, I hope... Who wants to go there? I hope, I hope life is not like that for Rob Zombie, because Jesus Christ, nobody wants to live there. So, Ishmael Cruz, brilliantly portrayed by Danny Trejo, was the only person who, after Michael was incarcerated, besides his mother, that was good to him, that that cared for him. And he went out of his way to, to let Michael know, like, hey, you know, even though you're in here, you don't have to lose your humanity, even though you're in a cage, you know, you know, stay in your head. Don't, don't, don't lose yourself. Don't get lost in here. You know, there's still good things that you can be doing for yourself while you're in here. And he was so good to Michael Myers, which is, was purposeful, right? Because when Michael escapes, he brutally kills Ishmael, which is a, it is a gut punch when you watch that movie. Cause you know, this is the one person he's a likable guy. He just wanted to be good to this kid. That's been locked up ever since he was a child and gets brutally like, it's a long death scene too, man. Yeah. It's a little gratuitous. And, and I don't know if that was zombie really just trying to push forward his version of pure evil because we know that his version of Michael Myers is not the shape. He is just something completely different, but it, it did hurt. And I was like, you know, was that really, I mean, kill someone that we want to see get murdered, yep. but he, he honestly, I love this choice. I love him in that movie. He's great. And I think it's one of his best performances. It really it is. is. And on another note, Danny Trejo could make the fuck out of some tacos, man. Trejo's Dude, tacos, when, bro. I know. When we went to L.A., that was number one on my list for places to try. And we were hoping he would show up. He did not show up. But we actually, uh, you know, it was the same night that I went to go see the Halloween 78 locations down the street off Hollywood Bull or yeah, Hollywood Boulevard. And we went there for dinner beforehand to meet one of Danielle's friends. And we had tacos there. They were fantastic. Dude, really I got good. a T-shirt and shit. And oh, yeah. It was it was amazing, but really no, that, he he's fantastic. I love him in everything, but too. he he rarely gets you know options to do performances where he can show a little nuance, yeah. a little bit more character than just the guy. Hey, Machete's fucking awesome. Yeah, Make no mistake, but no, he, great pick, man. He's fantastic in the movie, dude. He's like my height too, man. I don't know if you know that. I've never met him in person, dude. He's but he's on my list if I ever get the he's chance. He's like sure. he's like my height. Like, like maybe like a little bit taller, but not much, dude. Like they make him look huge in movies. So do, does that mean like he gets little people pay when he does movies? It's possible. Or? It's possible, man. I remember the first time I met him, <laughs> like he was the reason that I went to this convention in New Jersey. And literally like as soon as I parked my car, it was like early in the morning and I got out of my car. He was literally walking past my car and I was like, oh, hey, hey man. He was like, oh, hey, how's it going? And we just started talking. I was like, dude, I, I literally came here. That was a good impression. Was it good? You sounded just like him, actually. Yeah, yeah. dude. And I, I don't I think you tried either. I think you just came, just out, came naturally. out naturally. It's just yeah, how I remember yeah. him him talking to me. But uh, he was like, I told him, I was like, dude, I, I came all the way here to meet you. And literally, you're the first person that I see here. And he was like, oh, that's awesome. You know, so we like took a picture together and shit, like right in the hotel lobby. Like that was back before celebrities were like, you owe me $40 for that photo on your primitive fucking flip phone, buddy. Yeah, I mean, for me, and not to go too long on that, but my my first 
impression of him was from one of my favorite movies of all time, Cannon's Death Wish 4, The Crackdown, which he gets burned alive and blown up in a restaurant, but he's a dummy when he dies. But it's okay. <laughs> Thank God. But, but, Char- but Charles, Bronson, Ch- Charles Bronson does pour you know a glass of water in his face for real, so <laughs> it's pretty awesome. But yeah, so great pick, dude. Thanks, so man. moving on to my number seven. We're getting down there here. Hey, jerk. Speed kills. Yes. Yes. Annie Brackett. Portrayed by Nancy Loomis. I love her. Which at the time was Tommy Lee Wallace's wife. Halloween, the original, the classic. I love it, dude. What's not to say? I mean, she is one of the most important characters of the series. She's part of the main three of our main characters man. That, 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 that we follow through with in the original Halloween. There are things to say that may be negative uh, in terms of these characters, but for the most part, Annie's just a fun character. I don't think she's all that smart, to be honest with you. I mean, she does some really dumb shit, but you gotta love her. You really do. I think that she's supposed to be the smart character of the group. Yeah, she is. She's not Linda. She's not Linda, but with the whole, you know, she gets her shit all she's messy. A smart and ass, she's dude. doing laundry, and, but she is the smart alecky one of the group, and I and I absolutely love her. So, dude, she had to make the list, yeah. man. I mean, you you can't you can't make this list without if if I had not included her on this list, I think it would be kind of sacrilegious. Yeah. I don't I don't know what's on the rest of your list, but sure. I mean, you know, and even though it's not relevant because this is not the kills countdown. But her kill, which did not make either of our lists, is one of the best of the series, even though it was never mentioned. Yeah, I agree. Oh, Paul. I can't sing. You can sing. My keys. Oh, Paul. I, there it is. Oh, yeah. I'm, please. I just, I, just, I just go. That's all I do. But yeah, so Dude, that's that's pick, my man. number seven, good, man. Good pick. Rolling, rolling right along. Keep rolling, rolling, yeah, rolling. Baby. Number six is yeah. yeah. Now I know y'all be loving this six right here. It's a uh, Ronnie LL Cool J from Halloween H two O. Holy fuck, dude! I swear to you that Danielle told me your list is not complete unless you have LL Cool J on it. I was like, get the fuck out of here. I just like, no, no. She's like. I asked her, I said, before I put John Tate on the list, she's like, I'd put LL Cool J on there before him. Dude, he was just <laughs> such a likable character, man. I mean, he just, he had some great dialogue. He was another one. Voluptuous melon. Breasts. Breasts. <laughs> but put the, you have to have the S and the T. Breasts. <laughs> he, he was another one, man. Much, much like Jabrail Julian from Halloween 2018. LL Cool J really, really chewed up the scenery and and was a scene stealer, man. I mean, when he when he let John and his friends leave campus for an off campus lunch and he got got caught by uh, by Jamie Lee Curtis's character and just his look when he got caught when uh, when John walked past. Hilarious. Uh, eyes up, Ronnie. Yeah, eyes up, Ronnie. Yeah. He's like, dude, so. I, I love when he tells, back to the hair thing, I love when he's like, fix your comb hair. Comb your hair. Comb your <laughs> yeah, hair. Comb your hair. <laughs> Dude, so, so good, man. I, I, I love Ronnie. It doesn't matter how many times I watch that movie. I laugh every single time. And at the end, he's like, 
I'm riding a romance thriller, whatever he says, man. Like, I just, I love his, I love his character so much. Isn't it great that he lives in that movie, too? Dude. Because he, he, he's, he's, he's set up to die. You think he's dead, and then at the end of the movie, he's alive. I, I feel like maybe that was, like, their whole intention with this character. And then once he started filming, they were like, oh, shit. Like, nah, let's not do that. Like, he's, he's really, he's, he's killing it, and the, the audience will be pissed. Yeah, he's the deputy Dewey of the movie in a way, because in, in the original Scream, that he was supposed to be dead. And they're like, we kind of like this character. Let's have a scene at the end where we show that he's alive. Yeah, yeah perfect. Yeah, it's the same same kind of thing. Perfect. Yeah, And that's a character that even though we don't discuss Halloween Resurrection on this show, and I don't intend to on any occasion unless I'm paid to do so, <laughs> or unless I'm told I can get extremely hammered while I discuss it. Um that's a character that could have returned. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's a really good character in the series. And I think one of the first actual uh, African-American main characters of the entire series. Yeah. Am, am I right? Yeah, no, ab- I think absolutely. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, he had, he had to make my list, man. It had, it had to be done. So that, that was my number six. And for me, moving on to my number six. Oh yeah. I catch you groping my daughter. I'll use that shotgun on you. Sheriff Ben Meeker, portrayed by Bo Starr in Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. This is one of my favorite characters of the whole entire series. I think he's fucking amazing. He is. Dude, he portrays this very classic sense of machismo. But at the same time, you can see he's scared by what's happening to his little town. They have this small, quiet little version of Haddonfield. It's 10 years later after the massacre that Michael Myers ensued on the town. And he's just like taken aback by this. Like Loomis breaks through the police door and he's like, you know. This is how many bodies I've seen on the way from Ridgemont to here. Like this is what's happening. And he has to endure and deal with this. It's a shit show. And, yeah. And like. He does a kick-ass job of dealing with it, yeah. I think. I think in terms of characters, he just has so much nuance. Like, I think Bo Star really portrayed this as, like, a real guy. It doesn't feel like, you know, an over-the-top police like character. Like a phony, a phony phoned-in like, character. Yeah, yeah, it feels like a, a very real guy. And you could tell he legitimately cares about his town. He legitimately cares about... You know, his daughter, I don't know what happened there, like if he was divorced or not, because yeah. he's got he's got his daughter, Kelly, yep. who who's, you know, cops do it by the book, baby. <laughs> we all know her, you know, just saying. I'm sure a lot of the town folk know all about yeah. her in that fire. And the book. Just saying. And the book. But yeah, I mean, Brady was starting to learn about it, but it gotten, you know. Yep. He got th- he got thrown a magazine and you just sit there and pretend, boy. But no, I just I just love this character and this is a character that I think. Again, uh, we know that like the original ending of Halloween Four, he was supposed to have like a battle in the attic, or excuse me, in the the basement rather, uh, with Michael Myers, which never got shot and never happened, but would have been really cool to see because he was a big yeah. guy. So I just I just love Bo Star in this movie. I just love this character. I just think, you know, a a great predecessor from Lee Bradley. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, Quentin Tarantino loves Halloween 4. He's gone on record many, many times as saying that that movie was way better than it had any right being for being a part four in a a horror series. 
And that seems to be uh, the consensus with a lot of fans, you know. Halloween 4 is, is it's always been, it, it's it, It's always been one of mine, and, you know, I'll defend it. I can't wait for the new Shout Factory 4K Ultra HD. Yeah. And I'm definitely, I mean, I've got tickets for the quote-unquote Thorin trilogy on 35mm oh, at the Colonial lucky. Theater in Phoenixville next month. Lucky. I'm going by my fucking self because I don't give a shit. Yeah, dude. Halloween that's, 4. That's I mean, awesome. I've already seen it on 35, but, I mean, I love 4. I think, for me, it perfectly captures the essence of the holiday of Halloween. Oh, it really does. Sure. It, it does ring true in terms of, like, a tribute it to... It feels like Halloween. Know, the, to the tone and feel of not only that, but just trying to pay respect to, you know, what John Carpenter did with the first movie. So, yet yeah, just... You so know, much so that tangent, but I don't. Care. So much so that that Halloween fans are willing to forgive the really shitty mask that we use, was used for Michael Myers in Halloween Four. You know these things happen in this franchise, oh, as, as we know. You know they they can't help it that that's what they got sent, and they they dealt with what they had, and that's 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 what we got. But you very know, much nowhere nowhere near as bad as five. <laughs> Moving along here. Dude, number number five, man. We're we're halfway there. So we're halfway so we're, there. We're, we're, we're gonna take a quick promo break, and then when we come back, we are going to do our top five characters of the Halloween series. And I can't wait to see what Jeremy has up his sleeve here. LL Cool J. Wow. Yeah, boy. You're pulling him out of your back pocket. Yeah, first. boy. So we will be right back. Hi, I'm Louie. And I'm Dave. Do you love Halloween? Do you like hearing about it year-round? Then check out our Haunted Hangover podcast, available on all streaming platforms. We cover everything from nostalgic memories to your favorite Halloween specials. Hey Dave, what's the best cure for a hangover? More booze. And we are back, and we're going to be counting down our top five characters of the halloween series this is where it gets hard jeremy it does it's, it does it's gonna be it hard. is it is man this is the tough part i mean because you know and like you said before we started this countdown we, we made the conscious effort to not include the top legacy characters like dr loomis and laurie strode and i mean michael myers to an extent sure. yes but people even people I show up for that guy I mean, even though I consider Michael Myers more of an entity than an actual yeah. character, when he, he starts out as a character and then kind of morphs into just this force of nature. Yeah. But this was a very interesting countdown, so I hope you guys are enjoying it. I'm going to pass it off to my boy Jeremy here, man. It's time for your number five. Number five is john strode or john tate from halloween h2o so my oh, my number okay. six was ronnie and number five just it's just how it landed was was john tate john strode i uh like i said earlier showing up showing up much higher on yeah, your list, man. Like, dude i i wanted to be this character man I, I wanted to be john tate i wanted to be zeke from the faculty i just at that point in my life both of those characters just seemed Cool as hell, man. Halloween H2O was the first Halloween movie that I got to see in theaters. I remember... Me too? Oh, oh shit, hell yeah. I uh, I remember being in Ocean City, Maryland on vacation with my family and me being like, Dad, like you have to take me to the theaters. Halloween H2O came out tonight. I need to see this movie. I'd already burned through all the other ones, you know, on video from when I was a kid. You know, I, I was... 
already in love with the franchise and and went and saw this in theaters opening night and god damn like I just I I loved this character. I still do. Um had to include him. I mean, you know, he's dealing like we said earlier, he's dealing with, you know, a, a mom that has addiction that has all of this, you know, crazy stuff that happened in her past that's really made her like a kind of a, you know, just a, a crazy person realistically like she's so strict she has so many rules she doesn't let him do anything because of yeah, she can't function and neither can no. he in his normal teenage life and we you'll get there when you when when you're when your kids are that old i've got one <laughs> that is literally that age right. and they're not able to function if you're not able to function yeah. yourself yeah. so so i i i and i mean watching that movie as a kid right and seeing a, a teenager that's being stalked by michael myers you know and, and it being a character that I that I was like, man, I'm like invested in this character. I just I I loved it. I loved his performance. Uh, and it it's better every time I watch it, man. I I love Halloween H two O. We've we've had many many discussions. It is we have. It's my favorite sequel in the entire franchise. And I will also think of it this way, man. I mean, we're so used to seeing female characters being chased. So true. Here, as kind of juxtaposed, where now he's. You know, whoever's around him is also getting stalked and slashed at. But he's the one. He's the main centerpiece here next to, you know, underneath Lori for what Michael Myers is trying to obtain there with his knife. So, so. true. So that's yeah. my that's my number five. Hit me with your number five. Oh, I totally will. Linda <laughs> portrayed by PJ. I see Fools. what you did there. Yeah, just had to. I mean, I think aside from Loomis, Laurie, Michael Byers, a couple others, PJ stands out here more than anybody else. She had already done Carrie, and what she brings to the Linda character is what most would consider like kind of a ditzy bimbo. But we both know and a lot of our listeners know that Deborah Hill wrote the dialogue for all of the girls in the script. Yep. And all she was presenting to the audience was a very realistic, likable and normal girl in the late 1970s. She's a party girl, dude. Yeah. Uh, we see, we talked about it in our top 10 kills. She just wants to have a good time. Yep. You know, we, we can, we can relate. And funny enough is she was dating Dennis Quaid. At the time of, of she was married to she him. She married she to him. She was married Holy to him. Fuck. She was married to him. Wow. Yeah. She she was married to him for a short period, um, and she tried to get him for the role of Bob, and it, his who's scheduled for something else and couldn't make it. That would have been really interesting. Think about that. H- had Dennis Quaid been? I mean, I think that role is interchangeable. Sorry, listeners. Bob didn't make my fucking list here. <laughs> Just saying. Hey, well, let's possibly po- go ahead. Go ahead. Possible honor. And I was going to say possible honorable mentions, but no, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, dude, Paul didn't make your list because he said some fucking weird shit. Then maybe first I'm going to rip your clothes off. Then I'm going to rip Lindsay's clothes off. I'm like, whoa, buddy. That's some weird shit. You're spouting off right there. Oh, yeah. 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 So <laughs> that line has never made sense. No. And I've never said I've rarely seen a Halloween fan ever actually bring that up and question it. I'm like, hmm. Who wrote that? 
was John like just having too many fucking Budweiser's that night? Or was that a line that Debra, we, we will never was know. Was it ad-libbed? What the fuck was it? I don't know, but it's uh, You know it's what? It probably one. was ad-libbed. It, it sounds like it was actually a mistake, to be clear. <laughs> it was probably just, he misspoke and they kept it. Because every time I watch it, every year I'm Same. like, why would you rip off the clothes of a, child. Of a young female child when you're talking yeah. about sexual Axe. Yeah, Bob. Get the fuck out of here, Bob. Motherfucking I mean, Bob. Well, well, but, well, Bob gets his. He talks that shit, and well, he gets he gets pinned, bro. Right. He's that he's that kitchen ornament. But no, I mean, dude, Linda's one of the most likable, lovable characters. You know that I haven't met PJ yet. She's the only one of no shit. You know, yeah, she's the only one of the babysitters that I haven't met. And yet. She's and I've been she's around. She's around the most. I know. She that's, goes around the most, and and every time I've tried to get her, so um, that's, that's funny. No, I just love her. That's, that's funny. She's an man. absolute sweetheart, and I think if we're gonna compare here, I think she has some of the most iconic scenes. Like, see anything you like? So much so, you it's know. featured in Scream. Yeah, I mean, she's there. So, who can't love Linda? She's she's and she. I mean, Fright Rags even did a shirt just for her that says "Totally." She's amazing. I love PJ she Souls is. and everything, but and she's the nicest. She, she's definitely, when you do meet her, yeah. she's the nicest person you can meet. She genuinely loves the fact that she was in this movie. She's a part of of horror film history with not only with Carrie, but with this film. You know, Halloween has gone on to become arguably the most famous horror film, one of the most famous horror films of all time, arguably, you know. Um it I'd say top five. Oh, for sure. I'd say top sure. five. Yeah. And when you meet her, when you do, I mean, you, you'll understand that she she loves it. She truly loves her fans. She loves going to these events, and she loves being a part of it, even after all of these years. So that's that's a great pick, man. I'm I'm rolling through to number four. Sheriff, yeah, what is it? What do you, you got, baby? You ready? It's about to get interesting. I'm ready. Sheriff Brackett, Rob Zombie's Halloween Two. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well. So. Chucky's going to get some love tonight, right? Yeah, dude. So Brad Dorif as as Lee Brackett in Rob Zombie's Halloween, much, much like uh, Ishmael Cruz, uh, the character that Danny Trejo portrayed, Lee Brackett in Rob Zombie's Halloween films is one of the only likable characters out of his entire two-film story arc of, of all of the characters of Halloween. I mean... And ex- the reason I said Halloween 2 is because here's a guy that his his daughter was almost murdered. and She's got the scars to prove it. He's now raising Laurie Strode, who her brother is the one that almost killed his daughter. But so everyone in that house is kind of damaged. And he's just this dad that's trying to do right by these girls. And he's trying to be, you know, just this 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 support system for those two girls and he wants them to still have a normal childhood the best that they can, you know, and, or, you know, a a young adulthood, should I say? And I mean, just the scene of them eating the pizza in Halloween too. God damn. He's just so likable. And Brad Dorf breathed such likability and charisma into this character. I mean, and he, he's he's still that goofy dad. Because, you know, us dads are goofy. We say some stupid shit from time to time. And he's like... And again, I, well, you'll you'll prepare yourself for the eye rolls. Oh, yeah. 
That's all oh, I yeah. get. Now. I feel like I'm no getting that how, now in my no kids. No matter how five. good I try, no matter how good I try, <laughs> no matter what, I'll get like a laugh, like a a, a very quiet laugh, and yeah, yeah. Okay. All so right. He's well, he's he's at this table eating the pizza, and he's like, "Who's starving, Marvin? And why why was Marvin starving? Why couldn't somebody just give Marvin some food?" And like this this stupid dad humor and and all this stuff. And he was just a really really likable character. And and you know, say what you will about Rob Zombie's two Halloween films, you cannot deny. Shit! Uh, well, that's fine. Uh, and the, your your consensus is is Pardon is me. much like most horror fans is that Pardon they me. don't appreciate Rob Zombie's Halloween, and that's cool. And I understand that completely. Um, but you you aren't wrong though. You aren't wrong here, man. I, I strong mean, like, performance from Brad Dorif, man. I mean, we 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 got some some one flew over the cuckoo's nest, Brad Dorif in this. Like, I feel like he gave a hundred and ten percent. Yeah. My opinion. I honestly can't. I know I can't. I can't disagree with you in terms of his performance or that version of the character. I do find that you, it's strange that you chose that version of the character yeah. over the original. Sure. But that's what makes this interesting. I and I like. I I, I, I I like it. Writing this list, man. So, like I said, some of these. You know, as I started analyzing each film on its own, and I'm like, okay, well, what characters do I really? you know, lean into when I watch these films and some of the names on my list, I was like, man, I can't deny this character. I, I love this character in this particular film and they, they made my list. So, so let me get your number four, man. Yeah. Jeremy, you didn't really know much about Halloween. You thought no further than the strange custom of having your children wear masks and go out begging for candy. Connell Cochran, Portrayed by Dan O'Hurley from Halloween 3 season of The Witch. Dan O'Hurley! One of the most menacing characters in the entire series. If not the most menacing, next to the shape himself. The Silver Shamrock novelty's CEO. The man they called the all-time genius of the practical Joker. I mean... In getting him to be in this movie, this was another Donald Pleasance moment for, you know, the filmmaking team to get someone that had that gravitas that had been around the block in Hollywood and that could give some name brand recognition to the movie. He oozes fucking terror in his performance. He is absolutely like, I mean, when you watch the movie, he is so like calculating in everything he does, he's got that smile, which looks like he could be ready to rip your fucking head off at any yep. moment. And I know that Halloween three gets a lot of shit from a lot of the, you know, the Myers. Not heads, anymore, man. I know on the other side there that now it's a big seller. It's like it's the in thing to like it. But It, it blows know. my mind that when me and you were growing up, Halloween three was was a skid mark, right? It was the it was like the no, don't, don't watch, watch that. that. There's no Michael Myers in it. it. Yeah, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Now yeah. you go into fucking Target and there's action figures for Halloween three. Why? I got them right there on display right behind Beautiful. me. You know, it's because they're popular it, now. So guess what? They're making action figures because those make money. Because Halloween three is popular. Now it's the the, the fall instant fall and then 
20 year later rise of this film, 30 year later rise of this film is just, it's, it's really interesting. And I think that, that your pick is it's, it's a, it's a great pick. And he was for sure. Absolutely menacing. I mean, you got to think about in terms of performances and character. I just think probably one of the most underappreciated of the entire series. They knew what they had in front of him and he was just, you know, giving his best. And also, one of my favorite things is not only the fact that Dan O'Hurley, he knew because of his his background, the real culture and history of the season of Halloween and, you know, Samhain, but the character is written that way. Dan O'Hurley! So he's explaining it. And this is the first time on film, Jeremy, ever, where like the actual origin of Samhain is mentioned with with a true tribute to what the the history really is not just giving away candy and you know giving back to the spirits to show appreciation there are a lot of different things that kind of melded together you know over thousands of years to create this holiday that we all love so much and i love that that was implemented and slightly ignored by moviegoers for so long but i think that's why as you just said a few moments ago, that so so many fans now, you know, take to it so well and, and really get attached to it because it does have the true spirit of the holiday peppered throughout it, like with true love, dignity, and of course, you know, the history. And O'Hurley, he brought that in the fucking spades. I mean, when you watch him on the screen, he's just so commanding. You can tell he's like he's the he's the big wig. He's the big guy. He's the Donald Pleasance of that movie, so I had to have him. There's so much fantastic, just horrific horror movie imagery in Halloween 3, man. You know, I'm just, I'm glad that that you mentioned somebody from from H3, and I'm glad that this movie is now, all these years later, finally getting the love that it deserves, man. Um I'm going to, I'm going to, I mean, go for yeah. it, man. I mean, you, you, you know, you and I both have like fucking button up shirts with like the pattern of all three so masks good. all over it. You know, I'm about to get one of the fucking masks tattooed on me and shit. I mean, oh, yeah. it, it is, it is that movie. So yes, Fantastic. show love to Halloween three, but yeah, moving on, man. Number three. Yeah. So top three, top three. Number three for me is Jimmy played by Lance Guest in Halloween 2. You know, I feel like I can relate to Jimmy in Halloween 2. He's that good guy. Poor Jimmy. Poor Jimmy. He's that good guy. You know, there's a girl that he's interested in. He's kind of shy, but he's also at his job. You know, he's trying to do a good job, you know, despite all this crazy shit that's going down in Haddonfield. And, you know, he's just, you know, he's... I feel like a lot of the things that he does... At that age, I probably would have done like, okay, so like, even though this like girl almost got murdered by a serial killer tonight, like I'm going to go sneak into her hospital room and you know, how romantic was it? He was going to bring her a Coca-Cola. Yeah, he was going to give her a Coca-Cola. Excellent yeah. beverage choice. And, uh, you know, this was another, you know, talking about characters that were supposed to bite the dust that they kind of saw something in the character and said, well, maybe we shouldn't kill him is, is Jimmy. You know, was it was it the TV edit that they brought him back in at the end in the ambulance? Well, that, well, that, that was the original ending. Okay. The original ending was he was under the sheet and Lori wakes up in the back of the ambulance and she thinks that that could possibly be Michael Myers. 
and the sheet just rolls off his head and you, you obviously it's unveiled that it's just Jimmy. But I think John Carpenter, when he came in and did all of his edits and reshot yeah. footage and, you know, made it more John Carpenter-ish, yeah. just focused the shot on Lori. I, and they made the right choice in doing that because you didn't really need that. But I never even in, in, in the theatrical cut of the movie, I never think that Jimmy's dead. No. What? Because he slips and falls hits and head. hits his head. And then he comes out to the car and passes out. You're he's like, got a concussion. He ain't dead. He's got a concussion. Did you see him get stabbed, maimed, decapitated, butchered, fucking thrown into a fire, blown up by a bomb, shot by a machine gun? Nope. Then he's probably still alive. You know, uh, going a little ranty poo right here. Uh, Halloween. T- uh, do do. Halloween two is is interesting. So I'm right now. I'm reading uh, a book. It's uh, John Carpenter. Prince of Darkness, and it it's weird because it's not an autobiography. It's literally a long-form written interview with the person who is writing the book and John Carpenter, and so it's just these two going back and forth throughout this book, and John Carpenter gets really in-depth on Halloween, too. He goes, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a filmmaker, you know, I'm a director, and when I took on the producer role, you know, the writer and producer role of Halloween, too, he goes, I, I wanted to let the director do his thing. And he goes, and that's exactly what I did, you know? Like, I wasn't breathing down Rick Rosenthal's throat. He goes, I let him make his movie, you know? And it was the movie that I had written. And he goes, man, I I have to tell you that when I got delivered that first cut, I was, and he was, John was really candid in this book. He goes, "I, I was very unhappy. And essentially, I told him, okay, here's my notes. You know, these things don't work. You need to go back and fix them, do another edit, do another edit of the film. He goes, so they ended up hiring this other editor and brought him in. Yep. Yeah, it was the editor that was working on the TV cut of the first Halloween where they were adding in all the additional yep. scenes they had shot, So, right? yep, so yeah. they re-edited the movie a second time and brought it to Carpenter and brought it to the studio, and Carpenter was like, I don't know how they did it, but somehow it was fucking worse. He goes, so at that point, Carpenter essentially, he was like, I had to do something that I would have never wished to do because he goes, I would hate it if it would have ever happened to me. He goes, I essentially had to go move and like move. He he essentially booted Rick Rosenthal to the side. John Carpenter himself went out and shot more horrific. And Rick didn't know this. And and, and I'm not going to, you know, cut you off or anything, but this is definitely something that we're going to elaborate on. A lot deeper because, ladies and gentlemen, be prepared. It's the 40th anniversary this year of Halloween 2. Yeah. You best believe the end of October we're giving you a full retrospective. Oh, yeah. But 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 very much so. I, I'm, I'm interested in this so much because when they did the interviews for the Halloween 2 documentary for the box set for Scream Factory, John did not participate. He mm-hmm. opted out of those discussions. Yep, and, and so. I, I just from the tone, I mean, the book was written a long time ago, the one that I'm reading right now. In fact, it, dude, I had no idea the book itself has gone up so much in value because uh, I got it several years ago, and then I told one of my buddies about it, and he was like, Jesus Christ, it's going for like 150 bucks now for this book. So um, I don't think there's any love there still all these years later between Rick Rosenthal and John Carpenter, which is probably why Carpenter opted out of doing any any kind of thing on it. So um, yeah, just, just, just really interesting. But yeah, my number three was, was Jimmy. I just thought that I would mention some of the stuff because I'm reading this book right now. Yeah. And and I can't wait to elaborate and, and go so much deeper on that movie. 
I'm I'll so be ready, excited man. to do the 40th anniversary for Halloween 2. Uh, yes. But we're not real sisters, Jamie. My number three, Rachel Carruthers. I had to put Rachel on here. She's not Jamie. Nope. But I had to put Rachel on here. I, I contemplated putting her on my list too, and I was like, you know what? She's a lead-ish character. I, I no, I respect your decision 100%. I'm not, I'm not arguing. It was hard. It was hard. We made it. We made it hard. Yeah. I made it hard. Yeah, I, we, we made it. We made it hard. So I get it. So of of course, yes. Omitting Jamie is one thing because she is definitely one of my favorite She's characters. The but final Rachel, girl. I mean, Rachel, one of the most likable characters. She has one of the biggest character arcs in the later movies. She starts out very selfish, only concerned about her own future children and her date with Brady, but. Even that line I said, she's a cold-hearted bitch. <laughs> she tells her foster st- we're not real sisters, Jamie. Yetch. But then quietly says, but that doesn't mean I love you any less. But she said the other part way louder. She's a little girl, man. She's only going to hear that. Just saying, yeah. Rachel, you shouldn't have been such a fucking bitch. Bitch. Don't be offering ice cream and shit and Halloween costumes after you say that. It doesn't make up for it, but I love the character of Rachel Crothers. She is a hero in this movie. She learns very quickly that her role as a foster sister is way more important than she had originally conceived. She has to face the shape face to face. She has to actually like on the top of a roof, man. Like in the other movies, of course, they're, they're getting chased, you know, around the house and such. Dude, she has to fight him off on the roof of a house. What's more heroic than that? She falls like, you know, two stories off this beautiful house, which was a set <laughs> built in a field. But just saying, you know, Ellie Cornell did a brilliant job with her performance as the character. And I think this character is fantastic. The chemistry between Ellie and Jamie is beautiful. I think they feel like real family members. They feel very intimate in terms of like how they interact with each other. And that came from them being on set every day with one another yeah. and being in you know the same trailer and really bonding over this experience. It was, you know, uh, Daniel Harris's first movie. And I just, I've always had an affinity and a true love for the Rachel character. I mean, what they go through together is complete brutality, man. I mean, by the end of the movie, you know, a scene that showed up on our top 10 kills list when the dude's face gets ripped right off and they witness that. And Rachel just takes the wheel like a fucking badass. Yeah. She actually like the Ripley character the, to Newt. Yeah. Yeah. She's the first character that we ever see, like hit the shape with a car. Like she's a pure fucking badass, man. Like, she didn't deserve also, what happened to her in Halloween five. Well, Notice that not a single fucking thing on my list from Halloween five and, and, and it will never happen unless it's a worst of <laughs> list. Just saying I, I again, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking pumped for the 4k and to see you know, the original opening included as a special feature. There's things that can be said. Is that being released into it, stores too? Or is that like an online only kind of dealio? I'm pretty sure target's going to have All right, those. good. Cause I'll, yeah, I'll grab them I'm from there. Sure. I wasn't going to do a pre-order or anything like that on this, but, and I won't go into it stuff but uh yeah I'll, I'll pick them up in store but i mean you gotta think though like i said here 
she's just a teenager, just another teenage character, which is the norm in the Halloween series. And she just wants to have a good date, man. She is the girl next door for real. I mean, you can tell she's not promiscuous. She's not a bad person. She acts a little selfish, but what teenager isn't? That's sure. just kind of, that's how they act. So, I mean, the sisterhood that she has by the end of the movie, the character arc, it's so well written and so well performed by Ellie Cornell. I just love this character. So, Dude, I, I got to tell you a, a funny story about her real quick. Is uh, So now, you know, she's retired from acting and she, she does paintings. Like, that's what she... I remember she, because I was... You, you offered for me to, like, go try to meet her at her house or something. <laughs> no, not her house. Not her house. Um, <laughs> Where was it? It was somewhere. It was it was somewhere or something yeah, like that. For so, yeah, so she she had a shop in a certain place. I'm not going to say. Out of respect That's for her, was, I'm not yeah. going to say where the shop was. But, uh, you know, uh, it was a thing. It was like, oh, well, like, maybe we could just go to her shop and, and meet her. And then once I emailed her, um, we were talking. I was like, hey, like, I like, because her artwork is really cool, man. So I was like, hey, I really dig your artwork and like, you know, and on her website, it said she took commissions. So she was cool. She was talking with me. And then when she was like, well, what, what are you looking to get done? And I was like, dude, wouldn't it be cool? In my head, I was like, wouldn't it be cool to get like a Halloween type piece? Not necessarily like a like a portrait of Michael Myers or anything, but even like just something Halloween season painted right. painted by like some, you know like a, like a nice fall pumpkin exactly exactly some leaves flowing exactly some, it or something, something right? painted by you know Ellie Cornell Rachel Carruthers and the moment that i mentioned anything halloween bro it stopped the conversation real quick like she was like bye <laughs> bye bye <laughs> Yeah, you were out of there. I, I That's was. unfortunate. Yeah, no, but it, no, she's she's cool, man. I get it. You know, when when people, you know, they do a second career, it's like, dude, they don't want to go back and have to delve into the previous career. They they made the determination of like, no, I'm doing something different now. So I I get it. So no 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 hurt feelings there. She didn't want to paint a pumpkin for me. I would still absolutely kill to meet her. Yeah, man, I'm so. I'm hoping that, you know, it was surprising that she wasn't at the 40th anniversary. Um but who knows, man? Maybe the 45th anniversary? Who knows? Who knows? So number 2. Number yeah. 2. I saw something that night. I don't know your father came into the hospital. He I thought he was crazy out of his mind. He's hanging under a Halloween mask. He wouldn't let it go. And what he said was they're going to kill us all. And a little while he was dead. And I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> you knew I was going to include this. If you didn't, well. It had to be done. You should be surprised. It had to be done. Dr. Daniel Chalice, portrayed by the almighty, the God. That is Tom. The Atkin. mustache himself. And Halloween three season of the witch. You cut off my number two, though, bro. Oh, did I? Yeah, no, go ahead though. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> oh, well, you'll 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 have to go after mine. Yeah, I will. Okay. I will. So, see, this is when these we do these lists, we get so oh, for deep sure. Into for it, sure. I'm, I'm so excited, and I could not wait to mention this one. So, you'll do not your number two, I guess. After mine, I'll do my number two after your number Sorry. two. Sorry. Sorry. I've got to give you, my friend. I I knew that this just had to be included on this list. I mean, who doesn't love? Tom fucking Atkins, man. Dude, he's a dad of these two kids. He ditches them all the time. He was married. 
who knows what happened there, but he'd rather spend his Saturday mornings drinking liquor at the local pub. Yeah, sounds about right. What better character than that sounds to make right. your number two? I mean, I mean, considering who it's coming from, like whose mouth is spouting this, <laughs> like look at me right now. Just saying, just saying, I could relate. That's kind of me in a way. Dude, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't think anybody else could have played that character, man. Like I, Tom Atkins was made to play this role, this role that he didn't even get any love for until past 10 years, man. Well, I'd say, I'd say probably like, you think 15 ish. Maybe, maybe that's when the ties start to turn. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I, I, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, in, in, in knowing how much love he's getting, like on our Twitter the other day, I just did like hashtag, Tom Atkins appreciation post. Dude, yes. And it was the most love we've gotten on our Twitter like all week. Like you can tell people are really all about showing him some love in his performances, particularly in this movie, obviously Night of the Creeps, Creep Show, uh, you know, you name it, even the My Bloody Valentine remake. Fantastic. Uh The Fog. He's he's brilliant in everything he does. He's one of those character actors that just had that specific look. Man, I he mean, he was an every know, man's cop, man, maniac cop. Yeah, he, he he had the potential. I it, it's unfortunate that he didn't do more because he had that look, man. Nope. That was like so 80s. every man's that man. Was so that that was he was yeah. just a normal dude. So when I met Tom Atkins, now nah, it wasn't the first time, but it was maybe the second or third time because when Tom Atkins shows up to something, it doesn't matter how many times you've met him, you go and you meet him again. That's why I'm going to meet yeah, him again this so week. So am I. I so am I. I'll, I'll be there meeting okay. him a fourth or fifth time. However many times it's been now. But it was one of the times that I met him. I was I was actually getting my Halloween 3 poster uh, signed by him. And as soon as I placed my poster down on his table, he sang me. And this is no bullshit. I'll put my hand to the Bible. He sang me the entire Silver Shamrock anthem. Like the whole thing. Three more days till Halloween. 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 Three more days till Halloween. Silver Sham. Silver Shamrock. Dude, the whole thing. And, bro, when Tom Atkins is singing you. Did your pee-pee get hard? Still is. Or, it hasn't It hasn't stopped uh, okay. being hard since he sang that to me. <laughs> I don't know anything else that could get my dick more hard. Dude, than that. I mean, when, when Tom Atkins is serenading you, the Silver Shamrock song you shut the fuck up and you listen and you appreciate it and that's that's exactly what i did so excellent excellent choice man yeah and sorry for cutting you off i, I forgive Our listeners you. are very aware that i i i, I get ahead of myself i said number so two and then all of a sudden you started with some dialogue i was like oh oh we doing enough we do i, another I just Justin heard the number two right and now. i was like click in the brain click in the brain but yeah yes on to your that's number okay. two my friend dude so this this list was very hard, as we've said a few times. Not and as hard as your dick yeah, was after, after meeting Tom after Atkinson, Tom Atkins yeah. saying to me, <laughs> um, mm, "Fucking hard, yeah." <laughs> so, dude, I love this character because they knew what was going on before anyone else. They believed before anyone else believed. That is Tommy Doyle, played by Brian Andrews. Oh, I had to, man. I had to. You know, of course, my number nine was was Tommy Doyle, Paul Rudd, and number two, Tommy Doyle, bro. He he knew the boogeyman was real, and he knew the boogeyman was out there, and he knew the boogeyman's going to get you 
Boogeyman's gonna get ya. Get ya. He's gonna get you. <laughs> I I yeah. love this performance from Brian Andrews, and I mean he's so believable as a kid. You know what happens on Halloween? Yeah, we get candy. We get candy. Just even the way he delivers the lines, man. Uh, <laughs> no, the boogeyman. No, the boogeyman. The boogeyman is coming. Hey, can you read me these, Tarantula Man? I thought this was your favorite. Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> Motherfucker. Throw that shit. I, I love I, it. I can understand I, why. I, I love it. And, you know, he he was the the child's view of the evils of Halloween and that the boogeyman is I real. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't and agree more. I every time I watch the movie, I just appreciate the shit out of Brian Andrews. And I appreciate the shit out of Tommy Doyle. I have to tell you. Um, I know I keep bringing up H40, but it was a couple years ago, and it was a really big deal to me to be there. And I had never met Brian Andrews. So meeting a character that I, I love so much, you know, or you know the, the, the actor that portrayed the character that I love so much was such a big deal to me. So I get to H40, and dude, Brian Andrews is not at his table. Not at his table. And I'm like, I'm like, well, his fucking table is here. Like, where is he? And I'm like, is he here? And so I started asking some some of my friends. I'm like, yo, is, is is uh is is Brian Andrews here? And they're like, yeah, he's like just like walking around. And so I'm like, okay. So literally, it became a thing where I was like, all hmm. right, I'm okay. I'm, I'm gonna stop doing what I'm doing. I'm gonna go find this guy. So I'm walking around this humongous Pasadena Convention Center until I saw him in the hallway. And I said, hey, hey, Brian, man, I'm I'm such a big big fan of yours, you know, um, when, when are you going back to your table, man? I got stuff that I, I'd like you to sign. And he was like, well, do you have it on you? And I said, yeah. And he goes, take it out, man. I'll sign it for you right now. And he signed my stuff right now. And, and I'll, I'll be truthful, uh, about this. And, and I say this, you know, with a sympathetic and, you know, heavy heart is that Brian Andrews has had a lot of mental health issues over the years. Um, and he struggles with, with depression and a lot of these these things that, that plague a lot of people out there today. And, um, you know, he's he's kind of had a tough break. You know, he was this child actor that, you know, he did Halloween and he did a handful of other things. And, you know, when you're that age and you're doing these things already, you kind of think that this is going to be your life. And sometimes it doesn't always pan out like that. And uh, he's kind of been going through it. And, you know, when it came to Halloween Kills... They approached him. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if we've had this conversation. They, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard, you know, you know, I'm, I'm Facebook friends with Brian rumors. Yeah. I'm but. Facebook friends with Brian. And like, you know, there was a point where he was, he was posting about it a lot. I guess they had went to him and said, Hey, you know, we're bringing the Tommy Doyle character back. I think they already had Kyle Richards on deck to return as Lindsay. So of course they, they were probably like, yeah, you know, Let's let's get the original Tommy Doyle back as well. So they reached out to him, and I don't think the conversation went very well. And because of that, they look at the facts, and they're like, this is a guy that hasn't been a working actor for years and years and years and years. And it's very obvious that, you know, having a conversation with him or, you know, following his social media, you can't tell me that 
that the film studio wasn't looking at his social media. They could probably see that he had a lot of lot of things going on. I think it would have been a very very expensive gamble bringing him onto a multi million dollar production. Um, to reprise his role, and it would have been a risk for them, and I think that they saw it as too great of a risk, and they went with uh, Anthony Michael Hall, who is great choice, a great choice, yeah. man, and he's he's a working actor, and you know I'm so sad that Brian's not coming back for Halloween Kills because getting the original Tommy Doyle and Lindsay Wallace back together on screen would have been fantastic, but it would have been magic. It, it, it would have been it magic, really would. Unfortunately, it really would. And yeah. you know, I hate to bring the list down by talking about, you know, some of the stuff, but it's just to, to educate people, man. You know, you know, I've seen people that, that, that go on his social media and they're like, Oh, he's fucking crazy. And I'm like, dude, why do we still have this thing out there today where, you know, like people can't acknowledge like, Oh no, this person's not crazy. Like they're going through things. They're going through life. They do have some mental health issues, you know, instead of being sympathetic and caring, they're like, oh, so dismissive, like, he's fucking crazy, where it's like, dude, shut the fuck up, man, you know, like, this is supposed to be, a, and it's the same people that love this franchise that are so quick to dismiss him, so, um, I love, try to understand yeah. and, and be there to, you know, help and support, and that's, that's something that we've always done on this show, in terms of any illness, yeah. uh, in, including mental, yeah. be there for everybody, yeah, you I, know? <laughs> I uh, mean, I hold them up, man, especially the people that are, have been there for you. Yeah. This character, you know, and I'm just going to spoiler alert. This is my number one. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, there it is. So but that, that takes me back, man. That, you know, I, I have to take a few steps back theoretically and just think like that bothers me so much that people would say Dude, that I, about him without without even knowing him personally. I, just I know. didn't plan on even bringing this up. This was like kind of a spur of the moment thing, and I almost feel myself getting a little emotional. No, I'm glad you did. I almost feel myself getting a little did. emotional talking about it because, you know, A, Brian Andrews is a great guy. You know, he he's so fantastic to his fans. You know, he went out of his way. He signed all my stuff, didn't charge me a thing, and was just so awesome. He's always accessible to his fans you know, on social media and in different platforms. And he portrayed this character that I love so much. So, you know, it's just one of those things. It, it, it's one of the, the negatives and downfalls of social media is, you know, you, you when you're out there and you're on these social media platforms, you, you leave yourself wide open for, for scrutiny to the public. And so many people, man, that they, they just, they don't take the time to try and understand things. They're just so dismissive. So, um, anyways, so... I just I figured that I would bring that up, and that's that's one of the reasons that he's not in Halloween Kills, which I think is is a tragedy that he's not because, like I said, he's he's fantastic and he's a great guy, and that's why he's my number two man. Tommy Doyle, Brian Andrews is my number two, and he's your number one. Yeah, and so since we skipped around, that I was too overly excited. I was hearing you talk about hard penises, <laughs> and then my penis got hard, and then I thought about pumpkin penises, and that's a whole other story. But yes, very much he so. did. He did land um, on a pumpkin. Everything you said, it's very interesting because, you know, going into these lists, that's what always excites me the most is the idea of how you're going to describe the reason why this character means so much to you. And everything you said was spot on. I mean, we're seeing the movie through the eyes of a young child, the whole interpretation of the boogeyman. I mean, within the first 15 minutes of the movie, without Tommy Doyle, you wouldn't have that whole town legend of oh we don't go in there a that's a spook house. house 
Yeah, you don't you don't get that without that character being implemented into the story and interacting with Laurie Strode, and th- the chemistry that those two characters have. That is the movie. Yep. It's about a babysitter and the kid they're babysitting enduring this night of complete terror on Halloween. And he's just as important to the story, I'd have to say, and the film as Laurie Strode or Michael Myers or Linda or Annie or Dr. Loomis. He's the eyes we're seeing through, especially if you're watching the movie for the first time. I think, Jeremy, you can relate in this. We saw the movie at such a young age. I mean, I was a teenager. I was like, whatever, like 13 or whatever the first time I saw it. But still, you're a youth. So you're seeing the movie through his eyes. So when he's going through this and he looks out the window and he sees the boogeyman. You're seeing it the way that he would. You're experiencing it through him vicariously. And there's nothing creepier than children in peril, right? Exactly. Exactly. And they are in very deep, serious peril in this movie. I mean, at the end of the movie, they have to rush out of the house. The shape is in the house. They rush out front door screaming. I mean, think about it. You're just sitting there watching old monster movies. You had your candy. You carved your jack-o'-lanterns. But this whole myth of the boogeyman. When you're a kid, it's so much more mythic and important to your, you know, your childhood. But you're affected so much more differently. Yeah. So that was my number one. You know what's funny? Because of the fact. (sighs) Go ahead. What's funny is that. Sometimes you make these lists, right? And in your mind at the time that you're writing them, you're like, yeah, this this is my list. But it's also completely po- you know, possible that while discussing your list, your mind can change. And things, I, yeah, I think, things move up I and think, down, man. I think that I, uh, you know, I said Tommy Doyle was my number two. And, and then having this discussion with you, I think it's completely changed my opinion on my list and I would, if, if I could go back, you know, hop into DeLorean and go back, you know, to about, you know, not necessary on this show. We make, yeah, the rules, that's true. So you don't have to, well, do we're that. going, there are that. no roads. That, that's no roads, no rules. Yeah, no, man. So I, I, being hard I, over I would have stuff. in hindsight, I would, I should have made Tommy Doyle my number one. Um, cause I, I agree with well, everything that you said. You, you, you might as right, well I'm gonna make it my to I'm gonna make it one. Yeah. I'll make Tommy Doyle my number one, but with the on my list, um, Annie Brackett for me. What, your original my original number one is okay. Annie Brackett. Um wow. dude, I okay. I I love Annie Brackett. Like she's the kind of girl that I would have gone for, like when in high school, you know, like I just I love her quick wittedness. She's a smart ass. You know, she likes to have fun, but she's kinda you know narcissistic about certain things and you know i i every time i watch this movie i'm like i fucking love any bracket nancy loomis or nancy loomis keys was just fantastic in the role and uh, what what as a horror fan we watch these movies sometimes and we know the outcome we know who gets it and i feel like every time i watch this movie i'm like I hope for a different outcome. I don't know if you've ever had any, right? any that happens to me so many times. It's kind of like the movie so Alpha Dog, so right? With with Anton Yelchin and Emil Hirsch, and you know what happens to Anton Yelchin. But every time I watch that movie, I'm like, oh, don't fucking do it. Don't fuck. Ah, oh, fuck. You know, and and you know what's coming, and that's how I feel about Annie Brackett. Is that you know she's she's the daughter of of the town sheriff, and 
She's just somebody that, you know, you want to take, much like the Laurie Strode character, you want to take care of. You know, uh, Linda is the one that's kind of more mischievous and, you know, has the tropes of the horror victims that it's like, all right, she's, they're setting it up that she's going to get killed. Um, yeah, she was the template for basically all of the the female victims we saw in slasher movies after. for the next five or six yeah. years after yeah. Halloween. And I just, or more. I, I really appreciate uh, Nancy Loomis's take on the character. We just want to thank you all for listening so, so much to this episode. You are the reason why we do what we do. And if you heard earlier on in the episode, we are still doing that Halloween Kills poster giveaway. So if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on iTunes. You can check us out on social media at Epic Film Guys, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're everywhere. And Jeremy, where can they find you if they want to just like, yeah. Look at, the, po- uh, look at your posters and stuff. You know? <laughs> I am on Instagram, um, JT underscore pumpkin underscore guts, G-U-T-Z. But the best place to, to really get in contact with me is on Facebook. I'm Jeremy Todd Moorhead. Uh, that's where a lot of my collection stuff is. You know, I share pictures of my autographs, my collection, you know, different conventions that I attend. Yeah, so, you know, find, find, me, on- find me on the Facebooks and I'll, I'll uh, accept your friend request. You better get there and do that shit. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so, so much again. And until next time, I'm Justin. And I'm Jeremy. And we're asking you to keep it creepy. Brainstorm!